What's up, church? Who's ready to have some fun today? I am stirred up, I am wound up, I am fired up. Are y'all ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Can you do that? Hey, the promo that we just watched is less than a week away. It's our first ever New Spring Men's Weekend. I'm gonna be there. My guys, my own boys are gonna be there. And I cannot wait to see what God has for our men. We're a church that believes in family. And we know that when men are walking with Jesus, we all win. And I'm really, really excited about that. I'm also really happy today to be closing out two pretty big things here at our church. First of all, I get to put an amen and an exclamation point on our series that we started off the year with called Teach Us to Pray. And today is gonna be a special day because our 21 days of prayer officially ends today. We started off the year three whole weeks praying together. Uh, We joined at our campuses all across South Carolina and we got together with our brothers and our sisters and we prayed. And I was able to pray right here in this room in our Anderson campus with lots of new believers, new brothers and sisters in Christ. I got to pray with my own wife, with my own son. I got to pray with some students. I got to pray with some adults. And I had this vision, you know, I believe that there is a proper place in the body of Christ for God to give dreams and visions to his people. And this morning I was driving here from my home and I was on my way to church and I just got this image in my mind, I believe the Holy Spirit gave it to me, of a giant bowl. And I felt like I just saw this image of all of our prayers that we've been praying as a church, that God's been collecting those prayers in this giant bowl. And all it takes is one thing to bump up against that bowl, one thing to tip that bowl, one thing to turn that bowl over. And all of a sudden, God's provision and God's power and God's answer to all the prayers we've been praying spills over into overflow, and I believe that is what we're going to begin to see as a church. And I'm so excited that we're not only wrapping up the series today, but that when 21 days of prayer is over, just to be official, we don't stop praying because we're not joining together at 6 a.m., right? We're just getting started. We're just getting warmed up. So I hope that you will really receive from the Lord today. And if I could, I wanna speak to the students for a moment. I feel led by the Holy Spirit to do this at every one of our campuses. And I wanna specifically look over here at you guys. I know what y'all are capable of on every campus. Students, I know what you're capable of, but specifically right here in this room, I prayed with some of y'all over the last three weeks. My own child is sitting in this place right here. I want y'all to lead the way today. I wanna hear some amens. I wanna hear some shouts. I wanna hear some, come on preacher, let's go, get with it, let's go again. Again, let the wild hog eat, whatever we gotta do, okay? I want the students to lead the way. I double dog dare some of y'all to put some adults to shame. They're like, what? I will, I ain't scared. Well, as our 21 days of prayer was happening, I got an email from one of my good friends, Pastor Benji Merritt from our Powdersville campus. Benji and I go back to the 1980s. We were kids growing up in the same elementary school and middle school. Let me read to you one verbatim text. I'm gonna read exactly what he sent me about one of the things that God did during our 21 days of prayer because that's what I'm preaching on today uh, as we wrap up the series. Verbatim, I quote text from Benji. True story, Clayton. I was praying with a guy this morning at 21 days of prayer and he said, God, I can't remember all those Jehovah names that Dan taught us, so I'm just going to call you Jehovah Ric Flair. Because you walked that aisle. 
You were the man who beat the man. You beat Satan, so thank you, Jesus. Then Benji says, and he wasn't even joking. It was awesome, so I let out a big, woo. That's borderline blasphemy, but it's not. I love this. I love the fact that when you can't remember God's Jehovah name, you just put whatever in there meets your need in that moment. And that is the God we're talking about today. Today we are talking about our God who made some promises to us, and the title of the message is simply, Ask Your Father. Today we're gonna talk about asking our Father for power and provision where we have need. And if you'll notice, our graphic up here is a smartphone. This is identical. Everything you're gonna see today at every one of our campuses is identical to what we have provided for you on the New Spring app. So if you don't already have our app, you should download it. All of this is preloaded into the app. You can take notes as I'm preaching. You can make comments. You can take notes for yourself for the future. Today we're gonna talk about how we as believers are called to ask our Father when we have a need. And so I pray that today, while you're following along in your copy of the scripture on the screens, when this is over, you will have the license, you will have the freedom, you'll be excited about praying and asking your father when you have a need. We see this from Luke chapter 11. This is how we came up with this idea from the Spirit for this series when the disciples wanted to know how to pray. It says in Luke 11:1, 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus responded by saying, if you wanna know how to pray, here's one thing you can do. Pray this, give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. Jesus gives us permission to ask our Father for what? We need, and I, have been, I don't have time to tell you about the last 14 months of my life, but my last 14 months have been nothing but a complete proof of the truth that you can ask God and he will answer you according to his wisdom. We can ask God because Jesus gave us permission. And I wanna just begin by saying something I heard Mayor Knox say one day this week during our 21 days of prayer. I want you to know that when it comes to asking your father, prayer is not for professionals. There is no professional way to pray. There are, there are no professionals in the kingdom of God. Prayer is not for professionals. Prayer is for children to talk to their father. Prayer is a cry for help. Prayer is a desperate attempt to connect with God. Prayer is a time where you give God glory for how good he's been to you. Prayer doesn't need to be rehearsed. Let me remind you, when you're praying, you're not talking to King James. So you don't have to say, whithersoever thou artest, if thou wouldest listeneth to meeth. No, no, no. Call out to God like he is your father. His name is Jesus, not King James. So prayer isn't for professionals. Prayer is for broken people like you. It's for sinful people like me. It's for daughters of the king who have messed up again. It's for sons of a father who need help in a time of crisis. I thank God that we've been given permission by Jesus to pray. Since prayer is not for professionals, it makes me think about this. We all need daily bread. The rich, the poor, the weak, the strong, those who are up and coming, those who are down and out, every one of us needs daily bread. 
And so when Jesus is teaching the disciples in Luke 11 how to pray, and they say, can you teach us? Jesus says, here's one thing you can ask for. Ask your Father to provide you with daily bread. Everybody has to eat. Everybody needs provision. And here's what I've learned in my life, and I wanna encourage you with this today. The power I have and the provision I have is directly connected to the prayers I pray. And it's not because prayer is powerful, it's because God is powerful. Prayer doesn't work if God doesn't work. If there is no God, if there's no Father on the other side of our prayers hearing what we say and providing for us, then prayer is nothing more than talking into the air. It's a waste of time and a waste of energy. But prayer works because God works. Therefore, if you want power in your life, you pray and prayer connects you to your Father. If you need provision in your life, you pray and that prayer connects you to your Father. And your Father has given you permission to pray. It's not for professionals, it's for you, it's for me, it's for us. And I I think a lot of us learned that getting up early over the last three weeks and dragging ourselves in here with a coffee-induced coma. We're trying to just, I saw people literally walking in. I thought they were on the set of The Walking Dead. They walk in at 5.59 and 37 seconds, and they can barely move. But you know what happened before we walked out of this place? We're stirred up. Our faith is built. We're around brothers and sisters who are struggling with some of the same things we're struggling with. And we realize, I can really pray, and it lifts my burden. I can really pray, and it doesn't have to be rehearsed and memorized. I can pray, and I don't have to write it out on a piece of paper and read it. I can just talk to my Father. I'm so thankful that prayer is not for professionals. Let me show you why that's true. I wanna go to a passage of scripture in Hebrews. Hebrews four, three verses, verses 14 through 16, show us the kind of access we have with our Father. Here's what Hebrews says. Therefore, since we have a, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. So let this lift some of the burden off of you. When you want to pray, if you hear a lie from the enemy or if an insecurity creeps into your mind and you think, I can't pray, God doesn't understand, I'm not worthy to call on his name, remember this, Jesus prayed, Jesus went to his father for power, Jesus went to his father for provision, Jesus has made a way for us, paved the road, and Jesus knows what it's like to have a need. He was God, but he was man. He was hungry, he was thirsty, he was tired. He got fatigued and needed to take a break. He, he got worn out of people and had to go away and pray. Jesus paved the way and gives us access to our heavenly father. And verse 16 says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with, and I, guys, no surprise here, I love this word, boldness. We don't have to hide from God. We don't have to crouch in the corner. We can approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So do you have a need? God's got mercy for it. Do you have a need? God's got grace for it. Do you have a need? God has power for it. Do you, do you have a need? God has provision for it. But you know what you gotta do? You gotta ask. Are you scared to ask? Don't be afraid anymore. You have been granted the freedom to approach with boldness, not with arrogance, 
but with boldness. And I just thought I would show you guys an example of what that looks like in real life, okay? Now, this man that you're about to see was appearing on the BBC, which was also broadcast on CNN, two of the biggest news organizations on the planet. He's a father. And in the video you're about to watch, you'll meet his two daughters. He's a father who decides, instead of going to New York or London to appear on the BBC or CNN, I'm just going to do a Skype interview right here in my office at home. I want you to see what access really looks like when children know that their father is close by. Watch this. <laughs> this little girl... Did you see how she just plopped down on his desk, stuff falling on the floor, and then her little sister's like, me too, and she comes in there with her walker, you know. I love that. The first time I saw that, it went viral on the internet, and I, literally the first thought I had was, why don't I come to my heavenly father like that? Why don't I just walk into the room? What's up, dad? I don't need a reason to come see you. I'm your son. You're my dad. We're tight. So many of us feel like we don't have that kind of access to God, but we do. Oh my goodness, that's such good news. Hey, I feel the spirit of Dan Leanne on me right now. Smile. That's really good news. <laughs> Is this not phenomenal? I love that. that little girl and her sister, they come into the room not with arrogance and pride, but with access. That's their dad. Doesn't matter that he's on national television, international TV, talking about political and, 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 and um, economic issues in Korea. Here they come, boom, boom, boom. Why can't we approach our father like that? Here's what I'm trying to say. Let me spell it out for you. We have boldness to ask when... We understand our access. A lot of us don't ask because we don't understand our access. We think God's outer space God, disconnected God. We think he's angry God, mad God, wrathful God, gonna nuke us until we glow in the daylight God, keeping a record of every single thing we've done wrong and if that outweighs the good, then we can't pray. But I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Satan's a liar. Shut your mouth, devil. I have access to my heavenly father. So many of us give the devil more access to our minds and our hearts than we do our own father. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, I'm putting my foot down. We're drawing a line in the sand as a church. We're gonna preach God's promises and we're gonna stir up faith in our people. That our God is good. Our father has provision and I don't wanna miss out what he's got on me. If I wanna enter in, I can enter in. Why, because I'm good? Nope, because Jesus shed his blood on the cross, the perfect sacrifice. I am preaching right now. The perfect sacrifice, that gives me access to God. God's not mad at me. God's not disappointed in you. God does not look for a way to punish you. He is looking for ways to bless you. God has blessing in his hands. He's trying to get some in yours. It starts with salvation and it continues with power and it continues with provision. My daddy is rich and I'm not talking about money. Money's a joke compared to the riches of God's grace and mercy. I want every bit of it for you and I want every bit of it for our church. Devil's had it for too long. And so if I understand my, my access to my father, I'm gonna go ask. Pastor Brad said it during week two of the series. Quoting Tim Keller, the only person that dares wake up a king 
in the middle of the night is his child when they want a drink of water. Hey, can I just tell you something? My, my, my heavenly father is a king, and I'm not talking about the king of England. I'm talking about he's a king of the universe. And you know what I need? I don't need a drink of water. Pfft, I got water. That's at my house. That's what I need. I need patience when my patience is running thin. I need forgiveness when I'm so mad at somebody I imagine hurting them physically. I need God's grace to come and help me forgive someone who wronged me. I need God to help me when I'm struggling with anger or lust or pride or insecurity. I need a lot more than a drink of water. And guess what? I do not have to wake up my father in the middle of the night because God never takes a nap. He doesn't get tired. The Old Testament says he does not slumber, nor does he sleep. He never, ever takes a break. He's waiting on you. Barge in. Open the door. There's access. And that access is never, ever closed. Let me take it a step further because James tells us more about this idea of the access that we have with our Father. Here's what James says about our prayers when we ask. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote wrote these words in James 4. You desire and do not have. You you murder and covet, but yet you can't obtain. You fight, you wage war, but you do not have, and here it is. He's dropping a bomb on us because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Look at all the bad things that happen when you and I try to do stuff in our flesh without asking our Father. We get angry, we murder, we covet, we get jealous, uh, we, we strive and can't obtain, we fight each other, we even wage war. All of these bad things are a result of us trying to get good things without God. It's when we try to grasp, we try to take, and James is saying, you know what, you know why you don't have what you really need? Because you're not asking God. I, I had this vision as I'm reading this. James is my favorite book in the New Testament. And I was reading this and I I had this vision. I've been asking the Lord in 2020, give me more visions. Not like on on par with the Bible. I'm I'm not equating what God shows me in my own heart, my own quiet time with scripture. I'm talking like, give me a prophetic vision for me, for my family, for our church. And I saw this. I had this image in my mind. I don't want to stand Before God on judgment day. Guys, I'm going to heaven. I will be in the new heaven and the new earth by God's grace. I am a born again, spirit-filled son of the living God. I am not scared of going to hell. I'm not, because I'm not going, because I'm saved. But what I don't want to happen, I don't want to stand before God at the end of time and look there and see a table, a giant feast filled with all the good things, all the blessings, all the provision, all the power, all of the needs I ever had. I just had this vision of me standing, you and me, all of us, so many Christians standing there going, wow, Father, look at all you've prepared for me in heaven. This table is filled with so many good things. Look at all you have prepared for me in heaven. And the Father looking at me and going, I I didn't prepare that for heaven. I prepared that for earth. You never asked. What, you mean, you mean it was It was all mine? Yes, my son, it was all yours. But you didn't get it because you didn't ask me for it. Now, a lot of us will ask one time, and if we don't get it, we quit. And we'll stop asking, and we stop approaching, and we're bold one time, and then if one time we pray and we don't get exactly what we want, we become meek again. 
This happened to me recently. Shari and I were in Africa. We had a chance to preach to 130,000 people in Uganda. We saw 30,000 people make first-time professions of faith in Jesus Christ. Literally the second craziest thing I've ever seen in ministry. I'll tell you about the first one later. You just have to come back, okay? I hurt my back while I was in Africa, and I was flat on my back for three weeks. I'm talking the worst pain I've ever felt. You, you couldn't will your way through it. I could not force my way. To, I, there was nothing I could do about it. It was a back muscle. I've never had anything like that before, and I prayed. I begged God, heal me, help me. I can't move. People prayed for me here at New Spring. People prayed for me during our 21 days of prayer. My son and a gang of his friends came over and prayed for me, like laying hands on me. You know how when some people, they lay hands on you, and other people, they got real faith, they lay hands on you hard. They like lean on you, like climb up on top of you. And you're like, Lord, heal me quick and get these people off of me. That was not, I'm just kidding, that wasn't the way it was. But after three and a half weeks, my back was killing me. Last Monday, I went to bed last Monday night. I've been on my feet all weekend at a conference, and I said, Lord, I've asked you to heal my back. Other people have asked you to heal my back. Why have you not healed my back? Prayer is not for professionals. I wasn't being professional in my prayer. I'm being me, Clayton King. What you see is what you get. Lord, you promised me I could ask and you would do it and I'm in pain and I can't move and I can't do anything. When are you going to heal me, please, Lord? I wasn't questioning God's heart. I was questioning God's timing. And I literally said this to him, whatever you wanna teach me, help me learn it fast. Whatever it is, help me learn it fast. And I slept seven hours that night and I woke up this past Tuesday morning with no pain and I am standing up on this stage right now with zero pain. God healed me, God touched me, God answered everybody who asked. I wanna see more of that in our church. I wanna see the body begin to operate in that kind of faith that we don't fear asking God, that we cannot wait to go ask God, that our first response is not to throw our hands up and go, oh no, what am I gonna do? But when something tough happens or something incredibly difficult or challenging comes our way, our first reaction, our instinct is to immediately ask our Father. Not to count on the government, but to count on our Father. Not to count on our spouse, but to count on our Father. Not to count on the people we work with, but to count on our Father. But, 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 some of y'all are like, but, but I don't know. Well, look at verse three, look at verse three, next verse. You ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. So maybe some of us have been asking we're asking the wrong thing. We're asking for something that we don't really need. That's why God sometimes says no. Because some of y'all already think, well, what? Clayton, this sounds good, but God says no a lot. Yes, he does. Why? Why does God sometimes say no? He only says no if. Are you ready? God our Father only says no if he has something better. If I'm hungry and I'm praying for a bologna sandwich and God has a bone-in ribeye, or let me go a little bit further, a tomahawk ribeye. Have you seen those? Oh my gosh. He wants to give me something better than what I need. When I was 15, I prayed for a Corvette Stingray. God said, no, you'll get a 1975 yellow Ford LTD. It's so long it's registered in two states. It was my mom's car. Why? I would have killed myself in a stingray. But that Ford LTD could go head to head with a Panzer tank and win. 
God only says no if he has something better. When Jacob was a baby, and Jacob's here right now, and I love you, Jacob. When Jacob was a baby, he was obsessed with knives. He wanted to play with them. He wanted to carry them around in, in, his, in his belt, on his diaper. He was obsessed with knives. One day, Shari says, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Jacob's, he's yours, you're in charge. Fear and trepidation controlled me at that moment. And I was like, okay, so I'm a dad. I'm thinking, no news is good news. If I don't hear anything, we're good. Then I hear a dishwasher open. So I go to inspect it because there are only two people in the house, me and him. And I see that my son has climbed inside the dishwasher because all I see is a little training diaper and a little baby booty sticking up. I see, his, I see Jacob's booty sticking out of the dishwasher. And I said, Jacob, that's a bad boy. You're not supposed to be in the dishwasher. Get out of the dishwasher. Strange things that parents say. He backs out of the dishwasher and he has a butcher knife in his right hand. <laughs> a, he opened the dishwasher and got out a butcher knife. He's like, oh, I'm gonna get me a knife, I like knives. And I said, Jacob, you're not supposed to have that. And I kid you not, I will never forget this. Jacob looked at me and looked at the knife and went. Such a sinner. Lying little kid. It was so sweet. You know why I said no to the butcher knife? He really wanted a butcher knife. Do you know why I said no? Because I've got something better for him. I want more for him than a butcher knife. Like living? Like all 10 of his fingers when he marries a woman one day? Those are the things I want for my son. When God says no, it's because he has something better for you. Jesus even goes further in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Here's what Jesus says. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone, look, there is no differentiation. This is an all-inclusive word. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, that door will be opened. And then Jesus goes on to talk about our heavenly father. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, remember, give us our daily bread, will give him a stone. That's a mean trick. No good dad does that. Or if your son asks for a fish, what's a fish? It's, it's the daily food staple item of people that lived in Galilee where Jesus is teaching this. If your son asks you for a fish, will you give him a snake, a, a poisonous animal? A good dad would never, ever do that. And I love what Jesus says. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who Ask him. The table is set. It's filled with provision, not for heaven, but for earth. It's filled for provision, not for professionals, but for children, for sons and daughters. You know how to get it? Ask. You want access to it? Ask. Who are you asking? Not a sky boss. Not a detached God. You're asking your father. You know the reason? Some of us are, are disappointed when we ask and we don't receive but in reality, we're not asking, we're questioning. There's a difference between asking and questioning. It's okay to, to, uh, to, to question God. I did when my back was hurt. It's not the first time. 
But there's a difference between having a posture of asking our Father and trusting his wisdom and then having a posture of always questioning God. Well, if God was good, why doesn't he fill in the blank? And I want you to know that when you question God all the time, it's because something has created distance between you and him. You're disconnected from him. Disconnected people, people who are disconnected from their father will constantly question their father. But those of us who strive to be intimate with our father, who receive his grace and love, we're intimate and that intimacy leads to asking. Intimacy leads to asking. Disconnection leads to questioning. I know it because I've done it in my own life. So when Jesus gives us permission to ask him, we can know this is true. Your father, the one we see in the scripture, is delighted when you ask him for what you need. You're not, you're not bothering him, you're delighting him. You're, you're delighting your heavenly father when you come to him and talk to him. And I'm learning this in my own life at 47 years old, I'm learning it again. I feel more like a kid in my relationship with Jesus now than I ever had, and I love it. I love praying undignified prayers. I love being unsophisticated in my relationship with my heavenly father. I don't have to dress up and put on a suit and a tie to approach him. I can go to him just like a son. But we all have excuses. We all have reasons why we don't ask. You might call them excuses. I call them lies from the devil. Here are the excuses we use for not asking our father. Are you ready? We'll go quickly. We say to ourselves, um, He's too busy and I'm bothering him. God's got a lot going on, you know? I mean, the world needs a lot of work and he's kind of like got the whole world in his hands and whatnot, so I'm bothering him. Can I tell you something? God's never too busy for you. You're never bothering him when you ask. He's waiting on you to ask. God is so big and powerful and sovereign, he never ever gets too tied up. You never go to voicemail. He never leaves your text on red. He's always checking his inbox. He's always listening. Here's another lie that we believe. Um, God won't hear my prayer because, have you heard this excuse? Have you used this one? Because I've messed up too bad. Yeah, my bad deeds outweigh my good deeds and I'm not perfect and God is. And so, you know, I looked at porn again this week. I cheated on my wife. The divorce is almost final. I, I, I'm back on pills again. I fell off the wagon. I'm drinking again. Um, I'm cheating on, 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 on tests in school. I'm, my language has gotten bad. Ah, I just messed up too bad. I sat right here in this room this past week. I believe it was Monday morning and sat beside a guy who literally said to me, I don't feel like I can pray because I've messed up too bad. Everybody look at me. Listen to me. Every campus, listen. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. You're not on the credit system. It's not a demerit system. You can ask, not because you're perfect, but because your father is. You can ask, not because you're good, but because your father is. You can ask, not because you have power, but because your father has power. That's not how this works. How about this one? We got another one. Um, this is an excuse that we use. God already let me down. God's already let me down. I prayed one time and I didn't get what I asked for. God let me down and I'm just not... I'm not willing to put myself out there and get hurt again. And maybe God did let you down because he didn't answer your prayer. But remember, if you trust him, you trust his wisdom. When God says don't, he always says don't hurt yourself. When God says no, it's because he's got something better. 
So don't quit praying. Maybe the reason why you feel like God let you down is because you prayed a couple of times and then quit. What if you'd have prayed again and again and again? I prayed three and a half weeks for God to heal my back. It took that long. Have you been praying three and a half years for God to save that person you love? Have you been praying for three and a half years for God to heal your marriage? If both of you are praying three and a half years for God to heal your marriage, your father will heal your marriage. He will. It's his promise. You can take him in his word. How about this one? Um, Here's an excuse. I'm doing fine on my own. I'm good. I've got a good job. I've got a good marriage. My family, my kids, my husband, everything's going okay. Got some money in the bank. I'm healthy. I'm young. I'm working out. I've lost some weight. I'm eating good. I'm I'm eating kale. I'm good. I've I've, I've switched to unsweetened tea. I'm praying for you. But uh, I'm doing fine on my own. Can I I just um, pause right here? Are you really? Are you really doing fine on your own? Let's talk about that for just a second. Really? Breathe in right now, everybody, every single campus. Did you create that breath? Did you create that air? Did you build lungs in a science lab? Oh, you didn't? Oh, so you're not doing fine on your own. Everybody, put your hand on your heart right now. Come on, or or right here on your your neck or, or right here. Feel your pulse. Feel it, feel it, feel it. You feel that? Did you make that happen? Did you build a heart? Did you buy a kit? Really, you didn't do that? So you didn't do that on your own. That job that you've got, God gave you the ability to do that job. The car you're driving, huh, you bought that with money you earned, but you couldn't have earned that if God hadn't given you the ability to make that money and work that job. So you know what? Uh, You're not doing fine on your own, you're not. I love you, but as a pastor, as your pastor, I'm telling you, you're not doing fine on your own. You need your father. Matter of fact, every good thing you have in life, he gave you whether you know it or not. And I'm gonna draw attention to it. Every good thing you have came from your father. Oh, and one more. He already answered me once before. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I believe this. I believe this works. I know it's true. I've prayed. I've seen God do great things. He already answered me once before. But can I ask you a question? Why settle for once before when your father has so much more? Why? Why settle for once before when your father has so much more? If he did it once, he'll do it again, bigger and better. Come on, once before is not enough. Are we as Christians, are we looking at prayer? Are we approaching God in a way where we are leaving something on the table? Are we leaving something on the table? Because here's what I know about the table. Our Father prepares a table before us, right? And that table is filled with all the power and all the provision that we need. The greatest way to offend a host in their home is to sit down at their table and refuse to eat what they have prepared for you. To turn your nose up at the feast they put on the table. So I'm wondering right now as a church, as a Christian for myself, am I leaving something on the table? Is there anything the Father has put on the table for me that I am turning my nose up at, that I'm not receiving? I don't wanna leave anything on the table. You wanna know the way to really bless your host whenever they prepare a meal, invite you to their home. Last night, we had six teenage boys at our house. I love this stage of my life. My wife and I cooked a meal. She did most of the work. I cut some lettuce. We prepared a meal for the boys last night, and all of us gathered around a table. There wasn't even enough room. We had to go get extra stools to just make room. And I love the fact that when they were all these teenage boys were done eating, they went up and they got more. They went up and they got more. It must have been good, and they must have been hungry. They went up and got more. So here's what I want to leave us with as we wrap up. 21 days of prayer and teach us to pray series. You are not done praying. You're just getting started because we have access to our Father, and I want to leave this with you. I hope we will all pray like a child and ask for seconds.
Give me some more, God. More of you, more of your power, more of your grace, more of your spirit. Uh, children, are, they'll ask for anything. When they're little and they want, they can't even talk. They're in a high chair. Uh, 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 with their mouth open like baby ducks. Ah! They get a little bit older and they want more, want more. They want more oatmeal. They want more apple juice. They want their sippy cup. Oh, uh, oh, uh, want more, want more. Then they turn into teenagers and you know what they want? Money. Why do you want money? Because I don't have any. Why do you want mine? Because you're my dad. Kids are not afraid to ask. So quit being so sophisticated. Quit trying to figure it out. Ask. Your heavenly Father is delighted when you ask. And my prayer when we pray, in a moment a pastor or leader from your campus is going to come, my prayer is our altars will be full of people who are coming to ask their Father. Father, right now in this moment, I pray we would come with our hearts open, asking a good God to grant us power and provision. In Jesus' name I pray, and in Jesus' name we believe. Amen.